and this is Brother Speed Podcast, where we discuss black LGBT issues and topics. And I have a guest today who actually really wrote the article pertaining to Republicans vote to make it legal nationwide to ban gays and lesbians from adopting from LGBTQ Nation. This is Miss Sarah Tosi. How you doing, Sarah? I'm doing great. How are you? Just fine. Just fine. Well, after reading this article, let me tell you, I was not very happy. <laughs> I was not <laughs> happy at all. I mean, this seems to be every time there is or seems to be steps towards the right direction, five steps pull us backwards every single time. Now, this particular article mainly talks about how Republicans, apparently the, the House of Appropriations Committee, uh, passed an amendment allowing tax-funded adoption agencies to deny LGBTQ families uh, ability to adopt a child based on religious objection. Could you explain a little bit more about that? Yes, definitely. So first of all, uh, you are not alone in feeling unhappy about the situation. Um, there are so many children out there in need of homes. Uh, there are so many families out there hoping to to grow their families and accept these children to their homes. And unfortunately, what we've seen throughout the years and we're continuing to see, especially throughout this administration, is uh, discriminatory practices against same-sex couples and families that are not the heteronorm, quote unquote. Um, and that story actually touched a nerve for many people because now we're seeing it on the books that you know we're pushing this this agenda to call religious exemption based on the same-sex couple, um, you know, applying for adoption. So, you know, it extends beyond cake. You know, we had that whole thing about, well, it's not about the cake. It's not about the water fountain. It's about the fact that you are now, um, you know, proactively discriminating against a group of people. And now we're saying it's okay. We, the collective we in this country are saying, no, no, we support this. It's okay. And we saw that. But what we're also seeing is that people are taking to the streets and actually saying in more ways than one, no, this is not acceptable. We are not backing down. And we have done this for years. It's not like this is anything new. Um, it's just a renewed fight because in the last eight years, we actually had an administration that supported all families and that really pushed to create equal opportunity for all. So we're, we're kind of we're kind of at this point where it's not like it's something we haven't seen before, but we're kind of tired of it and we're done with it and we're not. We're not going to sit around and let it continue. And this is what's more surprising to me. I just can't seem to understand. Why would anyone believe that it's actually better for a child not to have parents and to be state raised? I will tell you, I have learned, especially being in the media, I am being called fake news constantly, and it's not fake news. We all know that. So I think it just depends on the person that's actually putting out the propaganda and people that are reading it that believe these things. Um, You know, religion is very important to people. I am not anti-religion. I am not anti-Republican. I'm not anti-Democrat. I am a human being first. If you have you know, a practice or or something that a discriminatory um, bias against the people that are in my community. Yeah, most likely I'm I'm okay with saying, okay, that that's for you. I'm a journalist. I'm reporting the facts. I'm going to get the news, get the information that everyone needs. But to your point about people believing stories or or possibly siding with, you know, what we think is reprehensible in this case, being that there are so many children on the street and in foster care homes that need permanent placement. Um, it's It really boils down to 
this is the base. This is Trump's base right now. These are the people that are, for whatever reason, in belief that having a single family household or or single, sorry, single parent household or um, same sex household is detrimental to children. That is completely unfounded. There's, there are actually so many studies out there and you can Google this. Everybody that's listening can Google this and find out for themselves. Do the research yourself. Don't just listen to one organization that says, no, it's been proven that this is, you know, this is unhealthy for the children. That's not the case at all. Um, but the reason why it's being pushed so heavily is because right now those, those people in that base that are, are energized and felt like no one has heard them over the last at uh, Obama administration, they are actually coming out now and saying, oh, someone's listening to us. We're going to go ahead and pass all of this right now while we can. I'm speaking as a citizen and not as a LGBTQ nation because I can't speak on this their behalf, but I can speak on, on my behalf as a community member. Um, again, it's not something we, we are experiencing for the first time. But we're exhausted. <laughs> right, right. No, you're absolutely. You're right. We're, we are exhausted. And and the thing about it is, I just can't seem to understand what they're trying to appeal to their audience so much. But aren't there too many other topics to really appeal to? So it's mostly on right. the on, because I'm beginning to see that this particular religious objection is yeah. gaining a lot of momentum now we're now seeing we have seen articles where if actually saying certain military officials who actually have uh, those who are of the lgbt community they don't necessarily want to approve them for whatever particular reason that it is right just because right. of their religious beliefs and so we're now getting this from officials we're now getting this from business owners a lot more of course with the cake we're getting this and it's gaining more and more and more momentum and my biggest my biggest really mm-hmm. concern about this is how many more doors does this open? And this is beginning to get really, really ugly now. You know, I, I'm going to say I, I completely validate everything you just said. And I also have felt this. And um, it is something that ebbs and flows for me because on the one hand, you're in despair and tormented by all of these things that are happening. And as someone who is out there in the public and trying to encourage others, it does become frustrating but on the other hand, if we think about it, a lot of this has been happening for a long time. It yes. is just, in my opinion, that it is coming to light now because there's an audience for it now more than ever. And we see that in, you know, the white supremacist uh, marches and everything that's going on. The president saying that he can, you know, shoot someone into the middle of Times Square and that nobody would say anything. I mean, <laughs> those are the types of comments that have become normalized. And that's not OK. Right. So what we need to do is just remember that what we are living right now is not normal. <laughs> there is right. no precedent for what we are experiencing right now. Um, that that can lead to feelings of despair and kind of, okay, what do we do? The biggest thing that we can do right now is to continue to get out there and vote, continue to encourage others to actually Look for the data themselves right. to talk to your neighbors and friends, because just like we did with the marriage movement, and I'm, I'm assuming that you were very involved in that as well. You seem like you, um, you know, are very on top of the current events. <laughs> when all of that was happening, we had to get out there in the street and talk to every single person we could and explain what was going on and why it wasn't right. And in a way, this is our next battle. Right. You know, um, the, the thing about it is, though, I mean, I, going out and vote is definitely one thing, but 
a lot of the organizations who are currently, a lot of the adoption agencies who are definitely against this, what exactly are they doing to really push back on them? Are they getting lobbyists right now to really gear up and really take this as a battle? What's, what's the other organizations out there currently doing? You know, that's a really great question. I think that this is, uh, you know, I'm going to talk from a personal level for a minute because when, when we were thinking about um, having a child, we actually carried a child, but when I was considering adoption, one of the things that I had to look into myself was who would actually, you know, give me their child? Would this be something that would be difficult for me to have to figure out? Or, you know, how hard is it? So I started to look into it. This was years ago, and even then, there were a lot of organizations that backed financially these um, adoption agencies and foster care agencies, and I would have been denied. So it's not to say that this, uh, you know, it hasn't gotten worse, because I'm sure it has. But I think that the more that we can get the news out there, and actually share what's going on, the more people will actually look at it and say, I had no idea that was happening. You know, I, well, what can I do? And right. from there you elicit a conversation because this is a larger discussion than me telling everybody what they can do. Really, what you can do is to keep talking about it, keep calling your legislators, keep um, pushing the envelope toward justice versus injustice. Those are the things that we have control over. You may be one person, but you seriously can make a difference. And and so much of that is, like I said, just getting out there and really educating everyone and fighting for people that are in a battle that is not your own. Right, right. You we know, can all do that. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you know? We all can do it. You really, you really. Now, this the funny part that also your article touched on, which I thought was also a little bit funny if you really think about this. In addition to LGBTQ people and same-sex couples, the amendment will also impact interfaith couples, single parents, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. married couples, which one prospective parent has been previously divorced. Yeah. And, and so my thing is like, whoa, wait, okay, wait a minute, we just. Wait a minute here. The amount of the divorce that's actually been occurring in this country is ridiculous and astounding. And there's been a lot of data that actually shows gay couples stay together longer than heteros- yeah. in some cases heterosexual couples. And I'm I was actually kind of floored when I saw that. I think I saw that those numbers last year. <laughs> I was I really really was. But my question is. The amount of people who are divorced, it, it gives full capability to say, well, you know, you know, been di- divorced before. Unfortunately, we cannot allow you to have this child. So right. my question is, with that, how much how, how much are the, the state or the agencies really looking to do? Are they really looking to keep the children state raised and not have any parents at all? I mean, what is the full the focus here? What is the focus? That's a tough question because on the one hand, I'm thinking to myself as you're speaking that how is this any different than saying that you're not blonde haired and blue eyed, you know, um, you look different. You, uh, you don't belong with this child. I mean, there's, there's definitely so much discrimination right now and harassment going on across all levels that (laughs) something definitely will have to be done. I, I think it's absolutely absurd that we're even having the discussion because Yes, I mean, look around your neighborhood. How many people are divorced? How many people are are single and hoping to have a child and don't want to wait for the perfect partner? Or how many how many couples are uh, interfaith and 
you know, are willing to figure out how to make that work for them so that they can give a home to a, to a child in need. There's absolutely no reason why we should not be allowed to give a child a healthy home if we are able to do so. That is correct. And I, it absolutely will have to come from the people to get on the state level, to get in the federal level. Right now, it's a little bit difficult with the federal level for obvious reasons. Yes. Um, that's not to say it shouldn't be done and that there are not people there advocating for equality. Uh, we have a big thing coming up soon, and that is the midterm elections. We need to get out and vote and make our voices heard and elect the people that are actually going to speak for us and and not elect the people or re-elect the people who aren't. Right. And that is that is our power. That is what we can do right now. Well, I mean, I definitely want to know exactly who the Democratic uh, who are basically who our fighters are. I would love to kind of post the list of exactly who the Democratic fighters are for this particular uh, uh, discrimination that basically what it is when it comes to those who are looking for children and provide them with loving families. And that's the funny part that I really, I want to yeah. know exactly the list. So who is out there from each state? Because according to your article, again, we have nine states that already have something on the books. Nine states yeah. that already have something in the books that basically is keeping families away or allowing the agencies to discriminate against those who are LGBT and, as we see, mm -hmm. others now. And about 2 million families, LGBTQ families, are waiting to adopt a child. So mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is um, I don't know exactly what to think. So part of me keeps thinking, is this all about the money? Is it really about the money? Because I really don't know the structure of an adoption agency. I don't know exactly. Right. Are they mainly getting the funding directly from the state? Is it much more uh, beneficial for them to keep the child in the house? Um, how much? Uh, how much? What is the number of kids who are coming into versus those number of kids leaving out the agency? These are some really serious, serious questions that uh, have yeah. to be asked and actually should be done a little bit definitely by the LGBTQ along with now I would say divorced. <laughs> right, right. Every other, every other thing in, in the book. <laughs> so but those are, those are very valid questions. And actually, you know, there, those are your follow-up pieces right there because um, there is so much to go into. Uh, I will tell you that a lot of these organizations that, offer assistance for adoption or privatized um not all of them a lot of them are uh, which means that they have the ability to discriminate however they would like to if they want to say you know this is where our money goes everyone else can apply they can do that as in anything especially when we're talking about right now about political campaigns the money i mean you follow the money follow the trail of money see where it leads that is going to get you exactly where you need to be because it is bigger than ideology at all. It's bigger than just you and I speaking about what's going on. Um, there's a lot at stake, and so much of it, I do agree, has to do with money and funding. Uh, I think also when you're – I just did a story. This is crazy. I just did a story the other day about the Russian spy, Maria Butina. Okay. And um, the fact that if you follow the money trail – it leads back to the NRA, which is completely anti-gay. Wow. And um, and there's a whole thing about about how that all connects. I mean, it from the surface, you're thinking you're dealing with one story, but you're dealing with other stories. So you can definitely 
you know, I would encourage people to do that research and to get out there and really dive into what they can, what they can put out there for others to read and figure out, you know, how it all connects because, um, it's, it's a web. It sure is. But the, the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway for everyday people, for anybody who, you know, anybody doesn't have the network that you and I have is, um, just to abide by the same rules that you would for your own family. Make sure that you are advocating for all families. Um, reach out to your divorced interfaith, you know, <laughs> gay <laughs> neighbors, because uh, some of us are actually more than one thing, and the intersections are crazy. So, you know, reach out and say, look, what can I do to help? What can I do? Is there a march? Is there a rally? Is there a petition? Is there, I mean, if, that's a, if that is the thing you can do, do it. And then from there, Maybe you start organizing. Maybe you uh, write an op-ed and you submit it to your local newspaper. Those are big things. The more people talk about this, the less it's going to be swept under the rug and the more we can deal with it and figure out how to get these people out of office so that we can actually start advocating for all families and, and for every person in this country who comes here looking for a better life, which was basically all of us at one point. Let's exactly. just consider that. Right. Um, you know, that's where we start and where it leads is it, we we will get to the point where we're uh, where we're able to adjust and get through this presidency. But right now yeah. we kind of have to we're like treading water right now, trying to figure out how to not make things worse every day. <laughs> um, right. I'll just admit that we all know it. <laughs> True. Absolutely. And the funny part about it is I was also looking at the states that already have something on the books. When you look at. The most the most states that actually have the most LGBTQ uh, registered individuals who actually say they are LGBTQ. I'm looking at okay Alabama, Kansas, Michigan, uh, Illinois, Mississippi, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas, and Virginia. And I'm thinking, you know, I will be probably more shocked if I do see New York, uh, California. Uh, those particular places. I'm a little shocked with uh, maybe not so much with Texas, but you know, not so many much with the other states either. But I would definitely be a little shocked if I definitely saw states like that adopting this this uh, this particular uh, mentality as well when it comes to really uh, stopping agencies from uh, taking on uh, homes because of the fact they want to discriminate because of their LGBTQ, their sexual orientation, or religious inter- interface, whatever. Uh, so I'll be a little bit mm-hmm. definitely taken back by those particular things. Now, when it comes to the Democratic Party, what are there? Is there anyone gearing up here to be able to say, or any representatives that's really taking on taking on this role to to just go in there and charge? Is there anyone that sticks out? Any name that sticks out for you? Of course. I mean, I think that uh, the value system in the De- uh, Democratic Party is absolutely different than what we're dealing with right now with the GOP. Um, are they perfect? No. But I can tell you there are a lot of front runners that, in my opinion, are are taking this kind of, I don't want to call it an initiative, but they're, they're taking this course of action and saying we're not going to stand behind these types of situations. And some of them are, for instance, um, if you look up in my state of Washington, we've got um, Senator Patty Murray. She's been a huge advocate for children and families for years. Um, Pramila Jayapal, she's a congresswoman there in the U.S. Senate. She is 
uh, also another person I would look at. I would look at um, actually our, it's very funny because a lot of them come from Washington. And we also had same-sex marriage before a lot of the nation too. Um, but if you look at Kamala Harris, if you look at Maxine Waters, if you look at even Vice, former Vice President Joe Biden, um, these are people who are coming out and actually verbally opposing these types of cases and things that are happening. Um, and I would follow them, follow their lead and see kind of who they're connected to and how you can help maybe get in there. I don't know as far as 2020, I couldn't tell you the front runner that I would pick at this right, point right, to deal with this and clean it up. But I can tell you that it's going to take the legislative body to be able to undo so much of what is happening. And now can that even happen with a privatized organization? If you're now throwing state money into it, of course, I mean that, and then it's not privatized, then you're dealing with something we can, we can actually fight. Um, and, and I would do that. I would encourage everyone to go on and learn more about their senators and their representatives and figure out, you know, where their stances are on these things. And if it's not, if it's not actually evident, then at that point, I would even write an email or call their office and say, look, this is an important issue to me. And your constituents need to know where you stand on this. Can you elaborate and have them make a public statement, have them respond to you. So at least you can then go, okay, they're, you know, advocating for me or they're not. And then you can make a decision when you go to the ballot box. Right. There's right. just, there's so much that can be done. Um, those are a few names. Definitely, though, research it on your. There are so many people out there who are on our side. This idiocracy is kind of like it comes up and and it rears its ugly head, and then it you know you think it goes away, and then it comes back, and we just need to sort of all get on the same page that we're not standing for all of this intolerance, and that we are going to make some headway into. Um, advocating for people who are outside of our own situation. And I assume that they're definitely going to be watching the case with Dunmount versus Lyon uh, very closely with the hearing that pretty much has already started, I believe, uh, July the 12th, according to your article. Is that correct? Uh, regards yes. to, to the challenge to the Michigan law that allowed state-funded agencies to uh, cite religion as a reason for turning away foster parents or adoptive parents. So I'm pretty sure that a lot of people are going to be watching this particular case very, very closely with Dunmal versus Lyon. Right. There's. It's funny because this article struck a chord I didn't quite expect with um, in regard to the cases that are going on right now around the nation. People that actually shared this story over 1.5 million times on Facebook. Wow. And it's something, and it was within 24 hours. So if you can imagine that, that was shared 1.5 million times within 24 hours. Wow. And um, and it obviously struck a chord because it's happening throughout the country. Think these things are happening and we need to pay attention to them. And part of why I think it was shared so many times is that people that read it and from feedback I've received, people that read it went, what? Is this really happening? Yeah. Right underneath their noses. I mean, this is happening. This is something that we need to wake up and actually look at and read and share and get that message out there that these things are, are going on and will not be tolerated by us. You know, because I'll be honest with you, it has not really hit the television, the TV media as much. I see it in print, mm -hmm. but I do not see it on TV, nor do I see the news broadcasters really talking mm -hmm. about the subject. I do not. <laughs> well, you know, when you think about it, though, when we're picking up headlines, what is the headline you pick up, especially on national television? It's usually something to do with the person that's in charge right now and something 
crazy yeah. that he said on social media. So when you're thinking about the different media, I mean, there's been so much. We have, we've had Helsinki and all of that going on and Russia yeah. back and forth and back and forth. And those are the headlines, unfortunately, that do make it on there because they're very um, – they're very universal and they're things that are happening right this second. And I think, I think as you start seeing these bills pop up and it becomes more of a trend and we're seeing kind of a pattern happening, the mainstream media tends to kind of pick up on that a little bit more at that point. Yeah. Um, we're just all on the ground doing our work here and, uh, you know, we'll, we work together and of course support one another in the various media types. But, Really, this is a grassroots issue, and it has been. And it's something that we, we, you know, you can't just leave it to someone else to kind of like pick up and run with. We have to do our own work. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate you coming to to give us a little bit more information because this article, it definitely, you're right, it struck a chord with me, and I couldn't understand. I've actually uh, posted several things on Instagram about this topic, but I think now a lot more people are definitely beginning to wake up when it comes to this type of discrimination based on religion and how much further this is going to really affect a lot of people, especially within the community. Again, thank you so much, Sarah, for dropping by, giving us a little bit of an insight Site and pertain to this article and uh, definitely again they can definitely catch you on lgbtq nation is there any other outlets they can be able to be able to watch you and follow you great thank you so much for having me and yes please follow us on lgbtq nation um we're also on facebook and twitter you can sign up for our e-blast every morning and kind of find out what's going on with your day all right all right again this is chris with brothers Speed podcast signing off but yet pissed regardless of what and i still want to make sure you guys again wake up do something about this and also remember find out the representatives in your local state and what they can do about it thank you so much for joining us this is chris from brothers b podcast and sarah tosi have a wonderful day